In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the sixth Sunday of the Holy 50 Days, and today in the Gospel reading, Christ is speaking to his disciples, preparing them about what is going to happen to him after his crucifixion. And he tells them that he's going to leave them as we celebrated the Feast of the Ascension on Thursday, that the Lord Jesus Christ ascended to heaven. He's preparing his disciples that he is not going to be with them forever, and that they would be scattered. He is setting their expectation so that whenever all these things begin to happen, they are not shocked or surprised or lose their faith, thinking that this is somehow against God's will or that none of these things were intended to happen from the beginning, but he is preparing them. He says in verse 33, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. So that in understanding and in believing in my words and what I am saying, you may have peace. So there are many times that we have expectations about what is going to happen in the future. And because they are maybe wrong assumptions or wrong expectations, we don't really know what it is that is happening to us. And maybe the, the unmet expectations is because of an unrealistic desire or some unrealistic thought that we had that results in these unmet expectations. Because all of us have expectations. We have expectations of our future. We have expectations of relationships that we are in. We have expectations of our career. We have expectations of how our life is going to go. And yet sometimes these expectations that are unmet maybe are a reflection of some unrealistic thought that we have in ourselves. So I'm going to speak very briefly about some unmet expectations regarding God and regarding people. <clears throat> First, what are some unmet expectations about God? We have an example in this with the story of the prodigal son, the older brother of the prodigal son, who after the, the prodigal son was restored again to his father's house and the father was rejoicing and holding a celebration uh, for the sake of the returning of his son, we see that the older son, he is uh, grumbling and he says, I have never transgressed your commandment at any time and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. This son, even though he had been in the house and even though he had access to everything that was in the house and everything that his father had and experienced the love of the father all throughout, he still had in himself this desire for something that was unmet. This, this, this desire that the father is somehow going to reward him in a very specific way for his loyalty or for because he did not transgress any of his, fa his father's commandment. He felt that his father owed him something. And this is the first unmet expectation and wrong assumption that he had. He said he felt that the father owed him something because he was good, because he did what was right. We also sometimes think that God is owing us something, that when we do good, when we serve others, when we confess our sins, when we do something right, we feel like God owes us, that we are, should receive some kind of a blessing from God because I have done something good and God owes me. But actually, the reality is the opposite, is we do not owe God anything. We are the ones who owe him a debt that we cannot ever repay. This was very explicit when the Lord Jesus Christ gave the parable of the wicked and unforgiving servant who, uh, who, d who refused to forgive his fellow servant. His fellow servant uh, was owing 10,000 talents to his master, and which was an amount that he could not pay in an entire lifetime. And the master, having mercy on him, forgave him this debt of this 10,000 talents, and so he asked him to also be forgiving of the other people around him. 
this ten thousand dollar talent or ten thousand talents is a representation of the debt that we owe to God. There is no amount of good works that we can do to that that we would like require God to do something for us or that God would owe us anything. This is the first unmet expectation. The second is um, also exemplified in another parable: the workers of the eleventh hour. In this parable of the workers of the eleventh hour, all of these different workers went out to work in the vineyard at different times of the day. And those people who went to work at the very beginning of the day figured that the master would give them more money as a wage than those who came at the very end. So even though they had agreed, those first hour workers had agreed with the master that he would pay them a denarius for their work, and yet the people that came at the very end of the day received the same wage as them. And so again they grumbled. It says in, um, in Matthew 20 verse 12, those who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. Again, this is a, maybe another unmet expectation and a wrong understanding and a wrong assumption. The idea that our salvation is based on our good work. Yes, we are called for good works and good works are a sign for faith. But here this master is showing them what that his grace and his mercy is what he is operating with that even those who came at the very end are still going to enter, are still going to have a wage, that maybe they wasted their time and wasted their life, and yet even when they come, the Lord accepts them. Maybe this is a message to us to be forgiving and merciful to those people who have not lived their life doing the right thing all the time, or those people who have sinned against us and then only return and repent later in life. Um, so we would have mercy on them. Instead of being like these first hour workers, that were grumbling because the master accepted those who came later in life. So this is uh, maybe a wrong expectation that we have. God is not going to only accept those who are perfect or only accept those who have been faithful for their entire life, but even someone who comes at the end of their life with repentance like the right-hand thief, the Lord accepts him into paradise. Another example of people with unmet expectations are the people who joyfully received the Lord Jesus Christ when he entered triumphantly into Jerusalem on the day of Hosanna Sunday. And they said, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. They were excited and thrilled because they believed him to be a ruler who was going to come and liberate them from the Romans and grant them their freedom and grant them to have a kingdom again like they did under King David. And so they had this wrong expectation that he was coming there to offer them the spiritual salvation, the eternal life, and not just some kind of political authority in this world. So again, maybe when we come to God, we have a wrong assumption about what is it that he is offering us. Do we see God as the one who is simply going to give us the money we want, give us the job we want, give us the spouse we want, give, it, give us all the worldly things that we want, and then this is God's primary function and role? And when he doesn't give us these things, we become disappointed in him and angry and do not even want to pray or talk to him because we feel like he has let us down. Actually, what God is offering to us is greater than these things because they, it, what he is offering lasts forever. It is not just something that will last for a year or 10 years. It's something that will last eternally, that will affect us for the rest of our life, that he conquered the power of death so that we do not have to suffer it. So what he is doing for us and the work of salvation in us is far greater than maybe even what our requests are. So we should have a right understanding of this and not a wrong assumption as these Jews did who were receiving the Lord Jesus Christ on Palm Sunday. We can also have unmet expectations from people 
We are called to trust one another and to have good relationships with one another, but that doesn't mean that our relationships with, with one another are always going to go smoothly because each of us has weakness. Maybe there are people in my life that I love very much and they love me very much, but that doesn't mean that they will never hurt me. It doesn't mean that their actions will never be difficult for me to accept or their words will always be nice to me because we have weakness. And because of our weakness, we inadvertently, whether we like it or not, cause some kind of harm or pain to the people who are around us. So if I have an unrealistic expectation of people, then I will inevitably be disappointed and I will be very hurt because I will see that the people around me are not able to provide for me everything that I desire. This is why in Psalm 118 verse 8, it says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. No matter how good our relationships are with one another, they will never take the place of the relationship of God. And we should never try to seek from other people the, 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 the things that only God can give. This is why, for instance, many people have un unrealistic expectations of their spouse looking to marriage. What is marriage in their mind? That marriage is going to be a solution to all of the problems. That marriage is going to be something that makes them feel fulfilled and satisfied and happy for the rest of their life. Maybe this is an unrealistic expectation of this person that they, are that they want to marry, thinking that this person is going to fulfill them in every possible way. Or maybe it's a reflection of self-centeredness. Maybe this person feels like everyone around me has to f fulfill my own needs. The purpose of my relationship with everyone is not that I want to give of myself to others, but I want to receive. I want to receive from everyone around me everything that I desire. Or what are my expectations of my children, for instance? What, how is it that I expect them to behave or to act? Sometimes parents, because they are very zealous about raising their children the right way, maybe put too much burden on their children asking of them to do something that is beyond their ability or beyond their age maybe this also is unrealistic expectation and so when i set my standard too high and it do doesn't happen i get disappointed or maybe even become angry and put additional burden on my children what are my expectation of my friends maybe i think that the the role of my friends is to support me and to tell me in every situation and everything that what i'm doing is right and what am i what i am doing is good instead of standing up and saying no what you're doing is not right maybe this is not my expectation maybe my expectation is i want everyone to praise me all the time and to tell me all everything that i'm doing is good and when this does not happen i become upset or what is my expectation of people who are in the church some people believe that those people in the church are angels and that there is nothing that they can do wrong and they must be perfect in every way. And whenever this doesn't happen, there's a scandal. How is it that such a person from the church committed some kind of a sin or a weakness? Of course, we are all striving for, for holiness and we want to be holy. But that doesn't mean that we are reaching that all at once. You know, the, we say that the church is a hospital and the hospital is filled with people who are sick. You don't go to the hospital expecting to find all these healthy people there. You expect to find the sick people there. So we also, when we come to the church, we should expect to find the sick people, not the healthy people. Yes, again, we are struggling for health. And we, through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we want to be healthy. But that doesn't mean that we have already reached that point. It doesn't mean that we have, have you know, uh, reached the pinnacle of health and holiness and righteousness uh, yet. And so we are still struggling in this. So maybe this is an unmet expectation that I have of others in the church because why I don't really have a realistic view. There are many different categories of people that we can say, is my expectation of them realistic or not?
What are some reactions that I might have whenever there's unmet expectations? One is I might feel frustrated. I may feel frustrated that whatever it is that I am seeking did not happen. And it's disappointing and makes me to feel like uh, upset and even angry that the people around me are not treating me the way that I want. Maybe I doubt God's love and his promises. When something doesn't happen according to my desire, I go to God and I say, God, why haven't you given me what I asked for? Why is it you have not answered my prayer? Maybe again, what I'm asking for is unrealistic. Maybe God is, is keeping me from it for my own good. Or maybe I put pressure on those people who we want to meet our expectations. We see this often. When someone doesn't meet my expectations, I try to put pressure on them, whether through force or through manipulation or in some way making them to feel guilty or some way to communicate to them that, that what they are doing is not according to my expectation. Of course, there should be conversations when people don't, you know, they, they have a mismatch of expectations. It happens very often in marriage, for instance, that spouses would speak to each other saying, well, what you are doing is not my expectation. So it's good to communicate, but I have to ask myself again, is it realistic? Do I have a realistic expectation or is it unrealistic? Another reaction to unmet expectations is to distance myself from the person who has disappointed me. Because you have disappointed me, I don't want a relationship with you, or I'm cold toward you, or I don't communicate with you as I used to because I'm trying to passively punish you for what is it that you have done. Again, this is another reaction to unmet expectations. What are some things that unmet expectations or incorrect expectations reveal about us? The first is it reveals that I might be an unrealistic person. Maybe what I'm expecting of other people is not, is not practical. It cannot be done. I'm imagining that someone has the ability or the resources in order to do what it is that I'm asking, but it cannot be done. And the problem is not in them. The problem is in my own expectation. Two, maybe I, I'm, I'm self-centered. Again, maybe I'm thinking everyone's purpose around me is to serve me. I want everyone to do according to my will, according to what I want. And if this doesn't happen, I get very disappointed and I blame others for that. Or three, I might care about what God can give here and that's all. If I ask God for the blessings here and I don't receive them, then I'm angry and upset at God. Maybe again, this is an unmet expectation based on my misunderstanding that God's purpose is not just to give us blessings on earth, but to give us eternal blessings. Four, I might not be aware of my own weakness, meaning I might not know myself to realize that I could not even meet the expectations that I have for others. Sometimes we put a standard for other people that we ourselves cannot meet. We ask others to be very, very kind and very, very patient and very, very loving. But then if you look at my own life, I'm not any of those things. I'm quick to lose my temper. I'm not nearly as patient as I want people to be with me. And because we don't know ourselves, we put unrealistic expectations on others, which causes us again to be disappointed. So how should we have right expectations? Number one, if I expect God to bless my work, I must work hard. Meaning what? I don't just rely on God to bless everything in my life, but I do my part. You know, if I, w if I want God to make me successful, then I work. That could be whether financially, that I want God to bless me financially, I have to work hard, I have to be diligent. Or spiritually, I want God to fill me with his spirit. I have to work. I have to pray. I have to struggle. I have to confess. I have to do my part. And then God will do all of his part beyond, far beyond all the things that we can do. But I have to do my part 
in order for my expectation to be met. Two, search the scriptures to better understand God and his promises. For me to have right expectations, I have to know what is it that God said? What is it that he promised me? You know, some people believe in this prosperity gospel theology, which says that God is going to bless us with health and wealth in our life. And this is the mark of a righteous person. This is the mark of a believer, that when someone believes in God, God will reward them by giving them health and wealth. This is not what God promised. This is not what he said. He said, in the world you will have tribulation. This is what he said. But, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So he made it very clear, and we see it in the scriptures, the examples of all of the righteous, holy people, whether prophets or saints, servants of God, apostles, who lived and suffered for the name of Christ, and none of them demanded that they be wealthy or, or that they be treated differently, but they were actually willing and, and joyful to suffer for Christ because for them, this was the greatest love that they could offer to him. This is what the scripture says about suffering, okay? So if I don't understand this, maybe I'll have a wrong expectation. I'm going to expect that God is going to offer me something or treat me a certain way or allow me to be treated a certain way that's unrealistic. It's not what God actually has promised. God has said, not this. So when I read the scripture and I search and I understand, it helps adjust my expectation. Three, I have to communicate my expectations with love to those around me. I cannot expect that people around me are going to know how is it that I want to be treated. How is it that, what is it that I expect to be done? Maybe, yes, there are some things that are common to all people, of our expectations of other people, but there are also some things that are very specific to me, things that I desire, things that I want, things that I hope for, things that I hope the people around me will be able to do for me. I have to communicate this. I can't not communicate it, and then when it doesn't happen, I become angry at those people who did not do it. Four, I have to reevaluate and adjust my expectations often. Always evaluating, are my expectations realistic or not? Is there something about my, my expectations that needs to change? When, when someone doesn't meet my expectations, is my first reaction to become angry? Or maybe I need to stop and wait and think, okay, maybe this is not realistic. What is it that I am asking of them? Five, always be realistic. We have, to, we have to think, are my expectations, do they make sense? Are they, are they able to be done? And six, set your heart on things above, meaning set high expectations only from God. The high expectations, the only person who will never disappoint, the only person who will always meet the expectations that he set f for himself is God alone. In Colossians 3.1, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above. And this is what we look to. The only one who can truly meet all of our expectations is God and not any other person. So even though, yes, as we have good relationships with one another and we support one another, love one another, and give of ourselves to each other, but we have to remember also that God is the only one who will never disappoint. God is the only one who will never leave. God is the only one who will be with us eternally. So in conclusion, in the gospel today, the Lord Jesus Christ was setting the expectation of the apostles so that they would know that the day is coming soon when he would leave them and he would ascend into heaven, but that this was not the whole story, that he would send the comforter, the spirit of truth, to fill them with joy and peace and to guide them, and that their life would continue and their blessings would continue, but he wanted them to know what is it that is going to happen. God sets our expectations 
We have to learn and understand his word so that we do not have wrong expectations of him or wrong expectations about one another. So may God grant us that we always have peace with one another, unity of heart, setting right expectations both with others and with God, and glory be to God forever. Amen.